Welcome to the podcast of the Pilates Alliance of Australasia. PAA strives to continue promoting the expansion of the Pilates method as a professional and valued healthcare and fitness discipline. The goal of the PAA podcast is to explore the many facets and layers of the Pilates industry through conversations with the community. I'm your host, Bruce Hildebrand. Welcome to the show. In the lead up to the PAA conference in Melbourne in August this year, we have a series of short podcast episodes to introduce each of the workshop presenters. On today's call, we have the privilege of introducing Jenny Guest. Jen graduated from the University of South Australia in 1992 with a Bachelor of Applied Science in Physiotherapy and then postgraduate certification in cardiothoracic and pulmonary rehabilitation. Migrating from her early career in the public health system, Jen moved into the private health sector to focus her efforts on her favoured area of dance, physiotherapy and Pilates, having previously come from years of classical dance training herself. Jen's long-term contribution to various industries has seen involvement with IADAMS, the International Association of Dance, Medicine and Science, sitting on the board of Ausdance South Australia, and as a board member of our very own PAA from 2008 to 2018, including seven years as president. Jen is intimately involved in the practicing and educating worlds of the Pilates method through Polestar Pilates International. She conducts the core curriculum teaching programs for Polestar Pilates education, as well as the continuing education programs for women's health, neuroanatomy, Pilates for golfers, and Pilates for dancers. And Jen also delivers training for the OOV device that complements so much of the Pilates methodology. Jen's presentation at the conference is titled The Pelvic Floor Muscles. It's not just a girl thing. Jen, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Bruce. Good to be here. Jen, could you give us a quick overview of the presentation you have in store for us at the upcoming PAA conference? Yes, I'll be talking for about two hours. And my talk is based on the pelvic floor muscles and their relationship to the core, which is obviously our world. But what my talk is going to focus on is pelvic floor muscles in females and males. And we're going to look at different pathologies and different instances that we might be working with clients that will have slightly dysfunctional or ineffective pelvic floors in both the females and the males. I think a lot of Pilates instructors out there have already spent a lot of time looking at pelvic floor musculature in females and relating it to pre- and postnatal and also postmenopausal conditions in females. Now, when we're considering a men's pelvic floor, what has really come to light in the last decade is the prevalence of prostate cancer in our men and the related surgeries and chemotherapies, radiotherapies that they might go through and the resultant effect on their pelvic floor and then the need to return to exercise or even just daily function around those pelvic floor issues. It's a coincidental recent connection that I fortuitously have had the opportunity to work with Australia's leading robotic prostate cancer surgeon. Wow. And you know what, Bruce, I think that's how I've got involved with it so much in the last 10 years. Obviously, the robotic work now is going to be far less invasive, but the reason gentlemen were being referred to me sort of 10 years or so ago was the neural damage that was happening to these poor gents was really affecting their pelvic floor musculature. And of course, for an older gentleman, and I'm talking anyone 40 and above, having incontinence issues and erectile dysfunction was hugely embarrassing for them and obviously not spoken about as much prior. But now that people are embracing their faults, if you like, and doctors 
and science is recognising it more and understanding it a whole lot better. That's why we're actually able to get involved with any sort of post-op rehabilitation for them. And then also, now that we're more aware of it, the whole concept of prehabilitation for these people is a real and true matter. And it's allowing us to get on the front step, if you like, in helping them with their post-op rehab because we've already started some work prior to any damage happening. What an excellent direction you're heading with this line of work, Jen. Thank you. And I think it opens an interesting conversation for the male side of participation in Pilates because it's long been touted as female orientated, Jen, but more heading in that direction of being able to support this line of clients. Definitely, Bruce. Pilates has been quite female focused. That's not new to any of us. But we as instructors understand that it's not just the females, it's the males and it's getting the perception and perhaps the understanding out there of what it's really all about and getting our community to understand that it's important for so many different people. And when we're looking at those older gents, returning to exercise, getting back into exercise, I don't know, gentlemen that have lived in the corporate world for the last 40 years and they're heading towards retirement and all of a sudden thinking, oh, I might get back into exercise, perhaps we trial a little bit of Pilates before we get into the Lycra and onto those bikes. Nothing like extended periods on the perineum from sitting in the saddle for too many years without the conditioning and support in that region. Exactly. And Jen, can you share with us the background experience or the specific learning you had yourself that was the catalyst to creating the content for this conference presentation? Yes. So it goes way, way, way back to when I was at university doing my physio degree. In fourth year, we do an elective and my elective, I chose to do women's health. So back at undergraduate level, I started on my women's health journey and then I went and worked in a regional area as a 22-year-old physio with not much life experience. I was all of a sudden catapulted into the farming wives pre- and postnatal classes, which resulted in me doing a lot of background research and doing a lot of extra study personally in the women's health and pelvic floor realm. Then when I moved back down to the city, I extended that with some postgraduate study in pelvic floor work, which was very much around women's health, not much around men's health. I'm talking about in the mid-90s for me. Then I embarked on my Pilates journey. And then, of course, pelvic floor is involved in the core. So all my world started to line up quite nicely and I increased my study in pelvic floor work and my referral network with gynecologists and obstetricians. And then it was at a talk, I'm thinking about 10 years ago, I was doing a pelvic floor talk in relation to the older person and arthritis for Arthritis SA. And within that talk, there was a surgeon who was listening to what I was talking about and he was working with the prostate cancers. And that's when we chatted about the pelvic floors in men after the delivery of my presentation. And then that cultivated a professional relationship. And I've increased my work with men's pelvic floor and my experience working with this specialist and his clients. And it's continued to grow from there. And you've changed many men's lives, I'm sure, with getting some control and <laughs> awareness back with their continence and their confidence. And I've got a real soft spot for my veterans, my DVA clients, particularly those older gents who would not dream about talking about incontinence and pelvic floor issues to anyone. And 
it's quite nice to see smiles on their faces when things can change. And Jen, for those considering coming into the presentation at the conference, what would be the top couple of takeaway ideas and concepts from the session? Top couple of takeaway ideas. I'm not going to go through anatomy in too much detail because most of you will have done a lot of anatomy around the pelvic floor. But I will loosely summarise the pelvic floor's fascial connections into our core and the rest of our body, which is the same for females and men. Then I'm going to focus a little bit more on the innovation of the pelvic floor and what can go wrong, what can go wrong in childbirth, what can go wrong in something like a car accident where you're rear-ended and you've got one foot on the brake, one foot on the clutch perhaps, something that can go wrong in a skiing incident and then a large component on what can go wrong when we are under the treatment for prostate cancer, whether that be surgical or the chemo and radiotherapy and the effects on the pelvic floor with that. Once we've looked at all the things that can go wrong, what I then want to do is provide all the delegates with a collection of rehab type of exercises that we can do in the studio, what we can do, a few little select things that we can't do and why we can't do them, and then fill up the delegates' pelvic floor toolbox take home and use in their studio. Those are such insightful things with your experience and trying lots of different things over the years and layering in the depth of knowledge and study that you've done in the area, Jen. Thank you. In terms of returning back to their studios on a Monday morning after the conference, what are you aiming for the participants to be able to immediately apply with their clients when they return? Number one, I want you to return to your studio with some sore tummy muscles from laughter on how much of a fun presentation But then, of course, I want to debug the myth between a weak pelvic floor versus a hypertonic and overactive pelvic floor. I'd like to give you the information around, do we cue the pelvic floor or don't we? We all know that over the last three decades, the cueing of pelvic floor has come under fire for us Pilates instructors, and we just need to know when we should do it and when we shouldn't do it. And the third most important thing is giving all the delegates the information around men's pelvic floor so that it's not this mythical region in males that we feel uncomfortable about talking about or we feel uncomfortable about talking with the males, empowering us with a few little questions to perhaps build that bridge into the conversation about their pelvic floor that we might previously feel a little uncomfortable with. Lots of really valuable snippets there, I think, for each of the delegates to take away. I hope so. Jen, we all can't wait for your presentation coming up at the conference in Melbourne in August. It's been a pleasure chatting with you today, as always. Thanks so much for your time, and we look forward to seeing you at the live presentations in August. Thank you so much, Bruce, and well done, PAA. Looking forward to it. There is a membership category for every Pilates enthusiast, where the Alliance provides a wide range of information, resources, and support for everything you want to know more of with Pilates. Help us expand the message of the PAA by sharing with your network of friends and colleagues today so that the Pilates community can continue to be a vibrant and inspiring network for everyone's benefit. You can become a member today by visiting the links in the show notes. For existing members, join us on the PAA Member Forum Facebook page where you'll find an ongoing supply of resources and conversations to continue supporting you and your participation and involvement in the many levels of Pilates here in Australia. 
Pilates Alliance Australasia only exists because of the contributions of the Pilates community. If there's a topic or a conversation you would love to share on the podcast, then we'd love to hear from you. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Pilates Alliance podcast. Please leave your comments on the Pilates Alliance Members Forum Facebook page. And remember, for anyone who is yet to become a member, we'd love to have you put your voice forward for the benefit of progressing Pilates here in Australia.